0: RadioMD, RadioMD.com. Join the millions of people who are chucking processed and refined foods and are basing their healthy diets on whole foods and non-GMO foods. This is where we talk about clean eating. It's the Clean Food Network Show with Lisa Davis. Over the last few years, we've been hearing more and more about bees and how the bee populations are on the decline. And many of you might think, well, why is this a problem? What does this have to do with what we're eating or does it? And why do we care about pollinators and why should we care? Well, we should care. And here to talk about this is Larissa Walker. She is a Pollinator Program Director for the Center for Food Safety, who joins us now. Hi, Larissa. Hi, good afternoon. So nice to have you on the program. You know, when I first heard about the bees and that they're, you know, they're in decline, I wasn't sure what to think. I knew it wasn't a good thing, but I wasn't sure the exact reason. So I would love for you to get into the nitty gritty with us and help us understand pollinators and the pesticides and what's going on with that.
1: Sure. Happy to. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not a good thing that bees are declining. Um, we should absolutely care about bees and other pollinators. They are critical to a healthy food system bees pollinate one in every three bites of food that we eat. So everything from vegetables, fruits and nuts, many of these crops are pollinated by bees and they're all staples of a healthy diet. And as you said, unfortunately, we've been seeing some major declines in bee populations around the world. Everything from honeybees to many species of wild bees, um, also seeing significant declines in birds and bats and butterflies. So This is a a really terrible situation for the food supply and our environment, and there's more and more science coming out uh, linking declines in pollinators to uses of toxic pesticides.
0: You know, I was about to ask you, uh, what are the major threats to honeybees and other pollinators? So pesticides is one. And, And before we jump into others, why don't you expand on that for us a bit? What's going on with the pesticides?
1: Sure. So there's a, n- a newer class of insecticides called neonicotinoids. We call them neonics for short. And these pesticides are particularly harmful to bees and other pollinators. They are really nasty chemicals. First of all, they're, they're really long-lasting. They can stick around in the environment for years after they've been applied. And they're also quite mobile, which has led to widespread contamination of water bodies across the country, widespread contamination of our soil, and we're using a ton of these chemicals. Neonics are the most widely used insecticides in the world, and we're using them on more than 100 million acres of land in the US every year. Um, because of their persistence and their widespread use, bees are easily exposed to these chemicals in all sorts of landscapes. It's, it's actually nearly impossible for them to avoid coming into contact with neonics. Um, and we're using so- these. Go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I was just going to say, so it's the neonicotinoids uh, that are particularly harmful to bees.
1: Right. Yeah, there are, I mean, of course, there are many types of insecticides. Insecticides are meant to kill insects. Bees are an insect. So if we use insecticides, um, that does pose a threat to bees and, and other pollinators. But neonicotinoids in particular are quite toxic to them. Um, they're up to 10,000 times more toxic
0: to bees than DDT. So they're, they're really nasty chemicals. And it sounds like they don't have an alternative, right? Or, oh, actually, I'm guessing that uh, not using pesticides would be an alternative, but that's a big paradigm shift for many, right?
1: It is, and but there's been a lot of research in the past two years looking at the benefits of using neonic's, and there's actually been quite a bit of evidence showing that in many cases, the use of these chemicals are actually providing little to no benefit. In some cases, using these is doing more harm than good by impacting beneficial insects such as bees and disrupting these healthy farm ecosystems. So um, I'd like to think that the severe losses that we're seeing with bees is a wake-up call to regulators and industry. Like you said, we need a paradigm shift. I think we need to rethink the way that we're growing food, um, and we need to quickly transition to more sustainable forms of agriculture.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. So do you think they're getting the message about these pesticides and that this is what is killing the bees? Or do they seem to think that it's something else? And they're like, Oh, no, no, the NICO, uh, however you pronounce that <laughs> is fine. You know, talk to us about that.
1: Sure. So I your denial. Right. I think that we are seeing government um, wake up to the widespread declines of bees and other pollinators. Certainly we've seen other countries take action. The European Union placed a two-year moratorium on uses of some of the most toxic neonics. And we've seen many cities and communities across the country um, take action into their own hands and restrict uses of these chemicals. We also saw President Obama put out a um, national uh, presidential memorandum to protect honeybees and other pollinators um, about two years ago and. Since then, federal agencies have been charged with doing something and addressing the losses of bees and other pollinators. So government agencies are concerned about this, absolutely. Um, But as you mentioned earlier, pesticides are not the only threat facing bees. Um, Bees and other pollinators are threatened by habitat loss. It's a tremendous threat that affects a wide range of species. Um, They can suffer from poor nutrition if there's not good forage for them. And bees and other pollinators are also threatened by diseases and parasites. But, of course, there's the threat of pesticides. And I think it's really important to point out that while all of those factors can harm bees, the issue with pesticides is the one factor that we have the ability to do something about immediately. It's going to be really hard to address the loss of habitat or the spread of diseases and parasites overnight, but we can address the problems of pesticides. It's in our control, and I think we need to do more. We need to do better with that.
0: Well, as the Pollinator Program Director for the Center for Food Safety, what are you folks doing to help this?
1: We're doing a lot of things. The Center for Food Safety works um, in a variety of ways on our issue areas. We do a lot of legal work, so we have several lawsuits um, in the works where we are representing commercial beekeepers, um, several environmental organizations, farmers, and we are... um, suing the Environmental Protection Agency for failure to protect bees and other species from the harms of these pesticides, so not doing their job in regulating these pesticides properly. Um, We are also working on policy change. So there's been a lot of um, policy work recently at the federal level and also at the state level. We're supporting those bills that are looking to restrict and reduce uses of toxic chemicals and really uh, work towards healthier habitats for pollinators. And then, of course, we're building grassroots power. We're supporting the great work that's happening on the ground in communities across the country, everywhere from areas in Portland to um, Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota is doing a lot. Um, We're supporting a lot of the great work that's happening in communities where they're taking power into their own hands.
0: It must be very discouraging that the EPA isn't doing their part or allowing this to be happening, correct? Because you would think that they would know about how important the pollinators are to the environment and to the food that we eat.
1: It is discouraging to see government regulators not do more on the issue with pesticides because we have seen them take a lot of action on areas to protect these separate from pesticide threats. So it's discouraging, but it's also um, making it quite clear to us that this is the area that we need to keep up um our pressure on the agency and keep encouraging them to do the right thing here.
0: Yeah, I bet. When when did you get interested in this kind of work, Larissa? (laughs)
1: Um, I've always been interested in work uh, around sustainable agriculture and food system issues, but actually I became interested in, in work involving honeybees when I started at Center for Food Safety many years ago. It's a really important issue directly linked to our food supply and, of course, the health of the environment.
0: And just the last question, what does the future of the food supply look like if nothing changes?
1: I I think we will see change. I think we're already seeing change happen. There are some tremendous farms and companies investing in organic and agroecological growing practices. And I do think we're seeing a positive shift in the food system. So I think the food future looks healthier. I think it's going to be a better, more sustainable food system in the future.
0: Well, it's so nice to have that positive message, Larissa. So glad you came on the show, folks. You can learn more about the wonderful work that is done at Center for Food Safety on social media on Twitter at CFS True Food. I'm Lisa Davis. I'm so glad you're listening to Clean Food Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Radio MD and at Health Media Gal One. For past shows, you can go to www.cleanfoodnetwork.com. Take care and stay well.